I got a lot of stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we just lift our voices to the Lord Jesus Christ right now and give him glory? Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus, and we worship your holy name in this place. You're worthy, Lord, and we love you this morning. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise this morning. Come on. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason that we woke up. He's the reason we can be saved this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We are so happy to be here. Amen. In Placerville. Hallelujah. At the Cornerstone House of Prayer with your pastor and his wife, brother and sister Thorson. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for the invitation. This is the culmination of three weeks in California. Amen. And we will be sad to go. We have loved California. It's a beautiful state. And obviously here is incredibly beautiful. And uh, we've just been so blessed already. So we want to thank you for your hospitality. We want to thank you for having us. And um, I also want to thank the McAtees. Brother McAtee. Well, I don't see Sister McAtee. She, she's out with the children. Amen. I want to thank them, especially for their hospitality. We're in a little cabin in the woods, and it's awesome. Amen. They had treats stocked for us and everything. It just fresh strawberries. It's just been really nice. Real strawberries. They, you know, that means they don't weigh a pound. They're actually natural strawberries, and they taste very good. <laughs> Pray it. Not genetically engineered in any way. Praise God. It's good. Neither am I, I don't think. Praise the Lord. And uh, I was, you know what? I was... Uh, I saw my first bear at their cabin. That's their dog, Bear. I opened the door this morning to go out and get something out of the car, and there is Bear. And I go, oh! And he went, you know, oh! And he ran off, and I ran off. Bear, yeah, it was their dog's name is Bear, praise God. So that's the first bear I've seen in California. But maybe we'll see another one. So I, I just want to thank them. I want to thank you all for being here this morning. Amen. Can you give yourselves a hand clap for being in the house of God on a Sunday morning? Amen. So privileged to be here. Uh, I'm happy that my wife Kristen is with me and our boys, Beniah and Xander. And you know what? My wife is going to testify. But would it be all right if we just showed that video? If it works, it'd be great. We just want to let you know a little bit about who we are and where we come from. And so you just don't think we're two random people. We almost went to the wrong church, but this is, we are supposed to be here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Provide an endless supply of 
joy and excitement to our lives. After completing my PhD in nuclear engineering, I moved to the nation's capital because I wanted to change the world. My dream job with the US Navy took me to multiple continents and multiple countries. I even spent time at sea flying on and off aircraft carriers before my company handpicked me to direct two new research programs in a team of fellow scientists. I fell in love with Spain and its people over 20 years ago while studying Spanish at Barcelona. I didn't even realize it then that I was lost without Jesus, but little did I know God was working his purpose in me even way back then. I went on to complete my master's degree in school counseling took jobs at schools on the Texas-Mexico border in Dominican Republic and then back in Washington, D.C. at a charter school as a bilingual counselor. And I was being prepared to become a school principal before my family and my ministry called. I found much more than a career in Washington, D.C. I found the truth. Shortly after I was baptized in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit fell upon me during a mission service while the preacher yet preached the word just like in Acts 10. After that, I found myself weeping during services while missionaries would come and share their burden for the lost souls around the world. Our pastor, Jerry Stinks, possesses a contagious evangelistic spirit, which awakened in us a burden for souls. Then in 2017, the Lord called me to lay down my secular career for ministry. It was the singular most gut-wrenching prayer I had ever prayed. But when the master calls, we must follow. Not knowing how, not knowing when, we began to prepare ourselves for God's call on our lives. It's not your calling, it's his calling. Each liable in his hands. This was prayed over us at the Global Mission Service in 2018 General Conference. That was where God placed the mission and the burden for global missions upon our hearts. Following that service, that spring, we took a trip to Spain as a family, where God confirmed he was calling us to mission. For three years, we've served as short-term missionaries under the leadership of Nathan and Tanya Harris. During this time, we've witnessed hundreds of people in Spain receive miracles, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as administrators of the Barcelona-based Bible School, we've seen a resurgence in students attending. We've experienced the blessings and provisions of, of God for every need. To God be all the glory. Now as holy appointed missionaries, God has called us to the southernmost and most under-evangelized provinces of Spain and the Louisianas. Our calling is to proclaim the full gospel to the over 8 million souls that live there. In this predominantly Catholic nation, our mission is to plant apostolic sound doctrine and a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost and God's grace, we will see it done. God's call to Spain marks the most beautiful and greatest plot twist of our lives, but we can't enter this next chapter of the story without your help. Partner with us as we take this next step of faith. many are thankful for the grace of God. God is so good. He uses all the things that from our past, all our mistakes, all our trials and weaknesses for his glory. And I'm so thankful for that. 
and I'm thankful for Pastor and Sister Thorson who uh, invited us here this morning. It is an honor and a privilege to be here to share and, and to testify all about the goodness of God because I didn't, and I don't take this for granted because I haven't been raised in a church. Um, I spent 30 years of my life living in sin, and so I wanted to share a little bit about the grace of God for his glory. And I do, before um, I do that, I wanted to also just give an extra heartfelt thank you to Brother McKady. Am I saying it right? McAtee and your wife. Um, a heartfelt thank you. I almost just, I just had tears come to my eyes when I was telling her how much my son enjoyed painting and doing the Play-Doh yesterday because you spend months going from hotel to hotel to hotel and you, you never really feel at home. But yesterday they were able to, to come and sit down and just paint and play Play-Doh and they felt like they were in a home. And so thank you. Thank you so much for your hospitality. It's a gift. And we're praying that the Lord blesses you the way that you bless others. Thank you. And so as I said, I wasn't always, I wasn't raised in truth. I spent over 30 years of my life living in sin, seeking my will, seeking what I thought was the best for me and, and my career and, and just the relationships and the things of the world. Um, but it wasn't satisfying. I, I, every one of us is born to worship God. And when we don't worship him, we don't allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit, we will continue to have that void and we will continue to feel empty and we'll continue to try and fill it with the things in the world like relationships and, and our job and our career and our families even. And, and even you can seek drugs and alcohol to fill that emptiness and to fill that void. And I want to share with you 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9 and 10. This is just what I felt the Lord put on my heart to share with Cornerstone cornerstone house of prayer church this morning second corinthians 12 9 and 10 says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me that is why for christ's sake i delight in weaknesses in insults in hardships in persecutions in difficulties for when i am weak then I am strong. And I would like to take a few moments to boast in my weaknesses for the glory of Jesus Christ. Is that okay? When I was 13, I laid in a hospital bed and my heart stopped beating because I thought it would be fun to go out and drink a bottle of gin with my friends on a half a day of school. And so it led to, thankfully, a stranger called, it called an ambulance because they saw me trying to walk to a friend's home. And I had drunk myself... Um, it, to have alcohol poisoning and I had passed out and my heart stopped beating in that hospital. Thankfully, they shocked me back to life because God's grace intervened. In a time when I was rebellious and living in sin and didn't talk to God, didn't want anything to do with God, God's grace intervened because he said, I have a purpose for you. I have plans for you because I love you. And I, wanted, I just feel right now to tell every single one of you that can hear my voice right now that God loves you he doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care how you've been raised. He doesn't care what you even did this morning, but he loves you so much, and his grace is sufficient for every one of you. After that, I said I would never drink alcohol again, and I tried to drink on my own, but without the power of God living inside me, it was useless. And about a year later, I began drinking alcohol again. And up until I was an adult, I was pulled over 
um, while intoxicated, I failed the sobriety test, and I should have lost my job, and I should have gone to, gone to jail. But again, the grace of God intervened. When I was living in sin, in rebellion, not living for God, he still loved me. His grace was sufficient. And by the grace of God, they pulled me over in front of my apartment, and they said, you can go and sleep it off. I'm so thankful that one day I chose to start to pursue God for myself because I recognized that this, I, I was in bondage to alcohol. Even though I had the career of my dreams, I had a bunch of friends, and I was engaged to be married, I was empty, and I was lost inside, and I had anxiety, and I, was, I knew I needed God, and so I started to pursue God for myself, and God led me to a church much like this church one morning in Washington, D.C., and I'm so thankful that the first time I, I had been to so many different churches, but the first time I walked into an apostolic Pentecostal church like this one, I felt the love of God in a way I had never felt it before, and I knew I was home. It was there in that little, little humble North American Missions Church in Washington, D.C., where I chose to start a Bible study, and I chose to be baptized in the powerful name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And it was four months later during a mission service where I just felt that love pour over me. The love of God which was so powerful during that mission service, and it just made me weep, not because I was sad, but because I felt love deep in my soul. And so I just started during the preaching, I just, my lips started to tremble, and I just started to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. And I could think of all the times his grace had saved my life. And as I thanked him, as my lips started to tremble, it turned into words that I had never spoken before, and he filled me with the power of the Holy Spirit right during that preaching. And it, I had spent years trying to quit drinking on my own. But the day he filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I was delivered from alcoholism. The smell of alcohol made me want to vomit. It made me want to be sick. I am so thankful for the power in his spirit and for the grace that led me to that very day. He saved my life back when I was 13 years old because he knew when we moved to Spain as missionaries that I would meet 13-year-old Sophia, who was just where I was when I was 13 years old. She was dealing with the same struggles, the same bondage, the same emptiness, and she was trying to fill it with boyfriends and rebellion and the things of the world. And I was able to tell Sophia, I understand where you're at. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. I've been there too. But Sophia, there is a God who loves you so much, and he can fill that empty void in your soul. And his grace is sufficient. And so we started a Bible study with Sophia. She chose, instead of to choosing to sneak out and be with her boyfriend, she chose to start a Bible study. And then she chose to be baptized in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And then God filled her with the power of his Holy Spirit. And now she's filled with so much joy, so much love, so much peace, a joy that is unspeakable. And she can't help but to tell her family and friends all about what God has done for her. But God also saved me that day back when I was 13, because someone here in Placerville, California, needs to know that God loves you. That in your weaknesses, he is strong. And he wants to deliver you today. He wants to heal you today. He wants to fill you with the power of his Holy Ghost today. 
I encourage you, do not hide your trial from others. Don't hide your trials from your family, from your brothers and sisters. Talk about it and let someone pray with you because then you will experience the power of God in a very personal and deep way. You will have a testimony to say that God still delivers today, that God still heals today, that God is still filling people with the power of his Holy Spirit today. And I pray and I know that he is going to be glorified this morning in all of those ways right here at Cornerstone House of Prayer Church. Amen. Can we just worship the Lord right now? Can we just clap unto him and glorify him right now? For all he's done, we love you again. Once again, Jesus, we just want to tell you how much we love you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm so happy about the work that the Lord's done in my wife's life. Amen. Because now she's my wife. Praise God. And we have our two wonderful boys. And that's all due to the grace of the Lord. I'll share a little bit about my testimony, I think, probably while I'm preaching. But uh, I don't deserve any of this either. Amen. Anybody? Is there someone here that deserves this? I don't think any of us deserve Calvary. I don't think any of us deserve to go to heaven. But because of his grace, because of his love, there's a place for us. And I'm so thankful for his goodness. I did want to mention to you before we preach, I'm going to preach here in just one minute, that we have a table in the back. We'd like to connect with you. I got to meet, I think, the bride side over here. Uh, most of the people over here, I shook your hand and said hello. But I haven't got to meet many people on this side. And so you can stop by our table and connect with us. Maybe buy some Spanish coffee, a Spanish knife, if you like that sort of thing. I think we're in the woods out here, right? It, knives are useful out here. Where I'm from, you have a knife this long, and they're like, you know, you can't have that in here. But, um, but you can connect with us back there, and we'd love that. And uh, I'll just mention... Um, I, I do want to say congratulations to all the Bible quizzers. Um, great job. Great job. I'm looking for each of them. Awesome job, y'all. And uh, that is a great accomplishment. Um, if you want to support our ministry in any way, uh, I would ask you to indirect you towards this opportunity, and that is our children's education. Amen. We are raising funds for our son's education. Uh, back in Spain, they don't have the same type of Christian schools that you think of here where they're kind of on the margin where they're affordable. They're not very affordable. Amen over there. And so but we feel we're both uh, the Lord's told us both to be devoted full time to the ministry and that uh, our boys need a strong education. We believe in education. Amen. And so if you want to help us and sow into their lives in 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 uh, our ministry, we're asking for you to give to that children's education. I can talk to you about how to do that after service. Amen? Amen. Would you stand for the reading of the word? Is that our custom here? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go to the book of Psalms. I'm going to read a different translation. We're going to be in Psalms chapter 100. And verse number 5, Psalms 105, I'll just read that one verse. If we have it, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
the Bible says, and this is just a slightly different translation, New Living Translation, but I assure you that um, the meaning is the same. Bible says, for the Lord is good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord's good. The Lord's good. He's a good God. Would you close your eyes with me and maybe put down your Bible and lift your hands right where you are? Let's pray right now that God would just bless what we're about to do here. Lord Jesus, I come to you, Lord, and I thank you, God. I praise your holy name, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for every single soul that is in this building. That's under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you for the children and the children's ministry that is going on, Lord. And I ask you in the name of Jesus that you would bless each person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless Pastor and Sister Thorson in their family in Jesus' name. I bless Cornerstone House of Prayer in Jesus' name. I bless Placerville in the name of Jesus for your name for your glory Jesus we thank you for it God and by your power by your name by your authority I take dominion right now over every fear over every doubt over every sickness and infirmity that is in this place in the name of Jesus and I bind them I lose faith right now I lose healing miracles and the spirit of the Lord in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you all clap and shout unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen. You can say it one more time. The Lord is good and be seated. Amen. I would like to just talk to you about a very simple idea this morning. That is that. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. You see, uh, living in a place such as this, I think you all understand or should understand the greatness of God. You see mountains covered with snow every morning. You drive through endless forests with all sorts of critters and animals. And it's very obvious when you look at the rapids of the streams and the waterfalls and the beauty that naturally surrounds you to say, we serve a great God. God is great. God is powerful. He is creator. He owns it all. He made it all. It's his creativity that is on display in this place, in this area of the country. But I would like to talk to us this morning about the goodness of God. You see, we can understand that God is great, but we don't always believe that God is good. I hope we do, but I feel like sometimes it can be the difference between what God can do, the greatness of God. We all believe he can do anything. And then the goodness of God, what God will do, what God wants to do in our lives. Those things all come out of the goodness of God. You see, the psalm that we read commanded those who sang it to know that the Lord is God. 
not with a head knowledge, but with a heart knowledge, with an intimate knowledge. You see, we are the pinnacle in all this beauty of creation that we see. We are the pinnacle of God's creation, and we are to understand where we come from. Verse 3 of the same psalm says, It's he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I'd like to tell somebody that we are not a product of a random evolutionary process. Amen? We are not an accident. We are the beloved creation of a good God. He's the good shepherd. He's kind. He's loving. He's faithful. And his name is Jesus. It's for this that the Bible tells us, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. We can be joyful in God's presence because we know that he is good. We can take it for granted that he's good. The ancient pagans uh, did not think that their gods were always good. It was a radical idea to think that God was good. Their, their gods were seldom good or kind. You see, the Greek gods were slaves to passion. They were as likely to kill you as to save you. According to ancient Babylonian legend, the God that created the world did it by murdering another God. You see, but this is not our God. This is not whom we serve. Our God is a good God. When he created the world, he said it's good. He said it's very good because I am good. And everything I make, everything I do turns to good. I'm a good God and I created a good creation. So important is this revelation that Psalms 100 is universally addressed. It's not just to the Jewish people, but it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That means everybody. That means it doesn't matter if you're Jewish or you're Indian or you're a gringo like me, amen, or if you're from Asia. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody can make a joyful noise unto God because God is good to everybody. The psalm foresaw the New Testament church age. It foresaw a church like this with its diversity, with people from different backgrounds, from different colors, from different languages, young, old, male, female. You see, Psalms 100 is a preview of the glorious image that we see in Revelation 7 and 9. It says, After this I beheld, and there was a great multitude, a crowd which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, and they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. And they were clothed with white robes, and there were palms in their hands. Church, our God is good. And one day, like this scripture says, we're all going to gather around his throne and we're going to worship him in heaven. And it says we'll cast our crowns and at his feet and we'll say, worthy is the lamb that was slain. But I got good news for you today. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to praise this good God. 
We can praise him today. We can lift up our hands. We can lift up our voice. And we can say, thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for being good. We serve a good God today. In the same breath, the psalmist declares, this good God has other attributes. One is his unfailing love or mercy. If you read it in the King James, the word is mercy. Or loving kindness. It's has said, it's a word which could be translated many ways, but I think unfailing love or love is probably the best way. It also talks about his faithfulness or his truth. You see, in the Psalms, God's Hesed or his love is the a concrete expression of God's deliverance or forgiveness. You see, like I said, it's possible to understand God's greatness and still keep him at a distance. I can acknowledge that there's a God. I can acknowledge him as creator. I can acknowledge him at great, as great, yet I can still reject his embrace and I can kill, still keep him at arm's length and say, yeah, I believe there's a God. I believe he's great. I believe he created everything, but I don't want him in my life. I ain't going to live by his laws. I ain't going to do things his way. Can I tell you that was me? For five miserable years, as uh, Sister Thorson was testifying, I was a backslider. I was raised in this, as we say, the faith that is the Pentecostal apostolic faith. I was told what was right. I was told how to serve God. I received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues when I was five. I was baptized in our own pool when I was ten. And then I got to college and I said, I will do it my way. Thank you very much. Someone say, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea to do things your way. I don't care how smart you are or how smart you think you are. It's a bad idea to do things your own way. And for five years, I searched for the acceptance and love of other people in the bottom of a bottle until shame and depression and fear drove me to my knees and I was able to say, Lord, forgive me. You're a good God and I'm ready to do things your way. I'm ready for your embrace. I'm ready for your love to fill my life. And it was on that day when the Lord graciously forgave me of my sins and put them behind me under his blood and filled me once again with the power of his spirit. And just like my wife, I began to speak in a language I could not understand. It was other tongues. And when I received that gift, I will tell you, alcohol left. Other addictions left. Things I won't mention in mixed company left my life because God delivered me. And I just remember standing there laughing in the Holy Ghost saying, Whoa! Feels good to be free. Amen. How many know what freedom feels like? Have you really ever experienced freedom when you don't have to hold your head down but you can lift your hands and say, I'm free? That's the kind of freedom the Holy Ghost brings. That's the kind of freedom a good God brings when we don't have to be ashamed of our past, but we can look at the cross and we could say, I messed up. I screwed up. 
I was a scoundrel and an infidel and a liar and a cheat. But God saved me, and I'm going this way. And the only thing ahead of me is Calvary and heaven. You see, God wants to save us today. God wants to change our lives. He wants to give us hope and a future. Praise the Lord. This has nothing to do with my notes right now. But somebody needs to understand. My wife was in the Holy Ghost. Some of Somebody here needs to understand that there is a better future ahead of you in Christ than there is without Christ. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours whether you will pursue him or whether you will run for him from him. I play a game with my boys. I only got two. Is it okay if I only have two kids and be in this church? Is that all right? I, I feel like I have less unction. I'll be honest with you. The anointing is not, I don't know what to say. The anointing is strong with your pastor. The anointing strong with Brother McAtee. Praise the Lord. I just got two. My Lord. We're measuring faith right now. I'm ashamed. But I see all these children in church. Praising God. Worshiping God. I, I, that is well done, my good and faithful servant. That's amazing. Maybe you all don't know how special that is. But your pastor and his wife deserve a commendation of great work. That is awesome. I mean, it's inspiring to me to see their children in church serving the Lord. I commend them. And I'm just talking now. I'm all over the place. But I do feel like family here. Amen. I feel like we can just be honest with one another. Is that all right? I don't have no fancy messages. I just have the Holy Ghost. He did something in my life. He changed me. I was a nothing. I was a big zero heading for minus one. But God saved me. God said, I see something in you worth saving, brother. I see something in you that's worth saving. My son, he's eight. Benaiah's eight now. He's getting old. But we like to play a game. Well, when we were in Spain and we had our apartment, we would play this game. And it wasn't a big apartment. But, you know, it was a, it was a small place. And, uh, but it was home and it was comfortable. And uh, I used to do this when we lived in, in Virginia by D.C. But I'd play this game where I would chase him around the house. I'd say, come and give your daddy a big hug. Right? Come give daddy a big hug. And, and he'd be like, no, I don't want to give daddy a big hug. I'm like, you're going to give daddy a hug. This is not a democracy. You're going to give daddy a hug and be like, no, 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 I don't want a hug. And so he would run from me around the house. He would run away from me, and I would have to chase him through the house. And finally, I'd corner that little boy, and I'd give him a big hug like this, and I would just smooch him till he couldn't stand it anymore. I'd kiss him on his head and on his cheek and on his neck, and I'd give him all sorts of hugs and kisses until he started giggling and laughing. You want to know why I did that? Because I wanted to remind him that daddy's love will always come looking for him. 
I wanted to remind him that daddy's love, no matter how hard he tries to run, no matter where he tries to hide, that daddy's love is always going to search for him, and I'm always going to find him. And he may pretend that he doesn't need it, but I'm dad, and I know better that my son needs my love. He needs my affection. He knows to know that I'm in his corner, and that no matter what he does, I will be there for him. This is the love of God. This is the hesed of God. This is why we cry, Abba, Father. Literally, Daddy. Because God will not be satisfied until he has established a deep and enduring relationship with us. He wants to embrace us as sons and as daughters. He wants our heart. He wants to know that we are in him. He's trying to show us that we're his, and he is ours. But some of us today are like my son. You've grown up a little bit, and you have experienced the good and the bad of life. Amen. Can we talk honest? There's some good things in this life. There's some bad things in this life. And we're running from God's love. I lost my mother in November. Life's full of suffering. It's going to be her birthday in just a week. Life's full of loss. Life's full of suffering. But I'm here today to tell you that God still loves you, and God is still a good God. Stop running from him. Don't run from him anymore. Don't turn away from him anymore. Embrace him. Run towards him. He wants to save you. He wants to fill in those empty places. He wants to take away the anxiety. He wants to lift you out of depression. He wants to heal your body. He wants to deliver your mind. This is the love of Jesus Christ. And it has not gotten weaker. It is as powerful today as it was on that day when he was crucified on a cross. He loves you just like that today. You don't deserve it. It's not, Hesed is not part of your nature. It's part of his nature. It's not who I am. It's who he, he is. But there are some things about God that are so good, we can't screw them up. Woo! Praise God for that. There's some things about God that are so good and so gracious that no matter how mad we screw up, we cannot mess it up. The Bible says that God showed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He made the decision to die for you and me while we were still in our mess, while we were still rejecting him, while I was in a drunken stupor somewhere in Michigan. God made the decision in his mind's eye. He saw me and he said he's still worth dying for. I still love him enough to die for him. Are you kidding me right now? That is the love of God. And we don't merit it. But God still loves us anyhow. He does care about our sin. He cares that you mess up. It ain't right. It ain't right to sin. Can I be honest? It's wrong to sin. And we all know what our sins are. I don't got to 
tell you what your sins are, you know. Because as soon as we do it, we feel bad. We feel condemnation. And we hide from the Father. And we don't feel like we can lift our hands. And we don't feel like we can sing. And we don't even feel like we should be in this church because we messed up. But I'm telling you, the goodness of God through His blood has provided forgiveness. And you can be forgiven if you've messed up. You can get all that junk out of the way and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'd like to experience your goodness and your grace right now to cleanse my heart and to forgive my sins so that I can walk this life and do the right thing and, and, and earn heaven and eternal inheritance. I want to share a testimony. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm not going to preach much longer. I want to share a testimony with you. I'm going to share a couple. Is that okay? Can I share a couple of testimonies? I don't want to share too many. Amen. Got to save some good ones for later. No, I'm kidding. There was a woman that became like a grandma to our children while we were in Spain. Her name was Madi. And Madi was a Spaniard, and she grew up without any any church background. You think in Spain, oh, everybody's Catholic in Spain. No, not everybody. There's a lot of agnostics and atheists, people that don't even believe there's a God. And Madi was raised without any background in, 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 in any kind of Christianity. Her parents didn't believe, her brothers and sisters didn't believe, and she didn't believe. And one day, she, would just so, she was so kind to our kids, and they, we would talk to her through the, the kitchen window and say, hey, Madi, and she'd say, hola, and it was great. Very sweet woman. And one day she was over for coffee and with Kristen, and Kristen just asked, would you like to come to church with us? We're having Friends Day at church. Would you like to come? And if my wife, you know, she'll tell you. She said, I didn't think she would kind of bite on that. But Marty said, I'd love to. She said, I'd love to come with you. And so they, she said, all right, well, we're going to leave at 8 o'clock. On Sunday morning, we had an early service uh, because of the, all the, the restrictions from COVID. And so uh, during that week, the enemy attacked her health, and she fell, she passed out, she fell in her apartment, and it was not good, and we knew she was not feeling well. She was, she was a little bit older, and uh, we talked to her, Kristen talked to her again and said, are you sure you want to come? It's okay if you're not feeling well. She said, no, I'm coming to church with you all. I want to come to a church with you all and experience what it's like and so she came with us that Sunday morning, and it was Friends Day, but it was also Pentecost Sunday, praise God. And uh, we kind of pulled a fast one on her, but some of you got a fast one pulled on you today, so it's all right. So she came, and, and I had the, the, the pleasure of, of preaching, and I just preached on the power of Pentecost. I preached on what it means to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is not anything but God's Spirit. It is God's Spirit coming to take up permanent residence in our hearts. And when we receive that Spirit, it is a experience just like they had in Acts 2, where they're sitting there and all of a sudden the Spirit comes and they feel this power and this presence of this love, like my wife said, and all of a sudden their languages change. The Bible will tell you that and different places in the book of Acts, and they began to speak in a language that they didn't understand, and that was 
tongues. And so I was preaching about this experience, about that day 2,000 years ago, the birthday of the church. And we said, now it's time. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, you have to do two things. First of all, you have to repent of your sins. Amen. See, repentance is just asking God to forgive you. It's just saying, I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. Forgive me, Lord, and make my life right. And so we said, if you want to receive this power, it's very simple. It's a free gift to you. It's for everybody who wants it. And all you got to do is repent of your sins and tell God that you're sorry and accept him as the Lord. You got to say he's Lord. You got to make a decision. He is Lord of my life. He's master. That means turning away from the sin and turning towards righteousness, toward him. And so we said that's all you've got to do is make that decision and repent of your sins. And number two, you've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. We have to have faith. Anything we want to receive from God, it does not come by because of our need. We may be the most needful person in the world, but that does not move God. What moves God is when we have faith in his word and in his promises and say, I believe, just like it's written, that you'll do for me what you did for those Pentecostals way back 2,000 years ago, and you'll do for me what you did for Mahdi. But Mahdi came up. And we said, would you like to receive the Holy Ghost? Would you like to receive God's spirit living inside you with joy and peace and righteousness? And uh, he says, yeah. Now, you know, you expect people to be very emotional. But she said, see, okay, I'm translating. I, I didn't say, would you like to receive the Holy Ghost? I said it in Spanish. ¿Quieres recibir el don del Espíritu Santo? Amen. Hay alguien aquí que habla español. Amen. Algunos. Si hay. Gloria a Dios. Si le gustaría recibir el don del Espíritu Santo, puede recibirlo hoy. En el nombre de Jesús. Amen. If you'd like to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can receive it today. But Mari came up to the front. Could you show that picture of Mari? Thank you. She came up to the front, and it wasn't an emotional exchange. We felt emotional because she was our friend. But it wasn't an emotional exchange. And we just said, well, then, then let's repent of our sins. And we led her in a short prayer of repentance. And we said, if you would like to receive the Holy Ghost, I just want you to lift your hands and begin to thank the Lord for giving you the Holy Ghost. Just receive it. Don't beg God for it. Just thank him for, for giving it to you. And she began to do that, and what was it, less than a minute, she began to speak in a language she didn't understand. It wasn't Spanish, it wasn't English, it was other tongues. And we said, it was almost like, well, that's all it is, huh? It was that simple, it was almost, she didn't jump and run out of the church, she didn't have a lightning bolt come down and hit her, she just received it. We said, how do you feel? She says, I feel like I'm flying, remember that? She said, I feel like I'm flying. Because the love and the goodness and the joy of the Holy Spirit will make you feel like you're flying. When we recognize that he has come to live in us forever and ever, it's a feeling like nothing else. Praise him. You can clap unto the Lord right now. God's in this place. I want you all to stand with me right now. The Bible talks about, this psalm talks about the faithfulness of God. I said 
that we that God is faithful. That means that he keeps his promises. Now, there is a scripture that says this in Acts 2 and 38. This is the apostle speak, Apostle Peter speaking to those who wanted to change their, their ways and serve God. And he said, listen, they said, I mean, he preached harder than I preached. He said, you all killed Jesus Christ. You killed the Messiah. You crucified the Lord of glory. He is both Lord and Christ. And they were convicted of their sin. Now, none of us have done that today. But maybe you're here and you're feeling something strange in your heart. Maybe you're feeling weight. Maybe you're feeling maybe like a sadness or something. But you're feeling something. That, I believe, is the weight of God upon you for your sin. And you may need to repent of your sins and get those things under the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Peter said to them, if you feel that way, and he spoke to everyone, he says, you need to repent. And then he said, be baptized in water, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, it is a promise to us, and God is faithful. He always keeps his promises. Always. Always. And he said, for the promise is unto you and to all your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's you and me. We're the far off ones. We weren't there that day, but we're here today. And the same God that was there is the same God that's here in this place this morning. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. And we're just going to pray a couple prayers together. Is that all right? Now, it, we're, we're going to do something a little bit structured. I'm going to direct you because I believe it's important to know what we're praying for. Amen? I don't know everything and everybody's need, but I do know a God that is able to meet every single need that we have. If you need healing in this place, physical healing, deliverance in your mind, Jesus Christ is here. He is able and willing to heal you if you will have faith in his promises. The Bible says by his stripes, by the beating that he bore before going on the cross, we are healed. We were in a church just a few days ago and somebody had suffered an accident. He was a young man. He was a young man and he said, I, I, I was in an accident and it was a bad accident. And when after that happened, I lost hearing and uh, it was his left ear. He said, I lost hearing in my left ear. I can't hear out of it. All right, we said, okay, let's pray. And we began to pray in the name of Jesus. You see, there's power, like we sang today, there's power in the name of Jesus. The, the power is in the name. That's why we call on the name of Jesus for everything. That name has been given power and authority over every other name in all the universe. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, and we said, in the name of Jesus, by faith, again, Listen, he had his hands raised, and he was just saying, thank you, God. He wasn't, oh, please open my ear. He was saying, thank you for healing me. And when he did that, his ear popped open, and he was able to hear. And he hadn't been able to hear for a very long time. Can we give God praise right now? This is what I'd like us to do right where you are.
we're going to pray a prayer of repentance right now, every one of us. And the reason we're going to do that is so we can get our hearts ready to receive. If you feel guilt, if you feel condemnation from God, if you feel like you're not worthy to be here, I promise you, if you will repent sincerely out of your heart, it will change and you will be able to receive something great and powerful from God today. Are you willing to do that with me? Amen. We're going to do that in our seats and then we're going to come to the altar. But right now, let's close our eyes. We're repenting right now. You can repeat right after me. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. Everything I've said, everything I've thought, everything I've heard, or everything I've seen, Lord, anything that I've done that offends you, God, that is sin, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm sorry, Jesus. Forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Wash me in your blood. I'm sorry, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you. I thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you for healing my body. I thank you that you're going to give me what I need today. I have faith in you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want to ask everybody that needs something. Let, let me stop you right here. Let me ask you, if you need the, the Holy Spirit, if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit today, you've never received the Holy Spirit before like we're talking about, where, that, where your language changes and it's like you're overflowing with God and you speak in another tongue. If you've never received that before, but you would like to receive that today, would you just wave at me on this side? Is there anybody like that? You would just wave at me, just kind of a low wave. I'm looking, is there anybody here? How about on this side? Is anybody, they would just wave at me and say, I'd like to receive that today? Amen? Amen. Praise God. That's all right. Now I want to ask this. If you'd say, I need healing in my body, or I need God to do a miracle in my life, would you lift your hand? On this side, would you lift it? Is there someone that needs healing in their body? I see many here. How about on this side? There's very many. I want to ask all those who raised their hand to come forward to the front right now. Would you please make your way to the front? We're just going to take our time here. Amen. Right here. Thank you for coming. We're going to take our time here. Anybody else? That's great. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you all for coming. And maybe you didn't raise your hand or, or wave at me about the Holy Spirit, but if that's you and you want to come up and pray, you can just come up, and then you can find one of us and we'll pray with you. All right? I want you all to take a step forward if you're comfortable. If you, Sister, if you're not able, but... There's, don't be afraid, all right? Let's make just a little bit. There we go. Amen. Amen. There's nothing more holy about 
the church here than there is back there. But we've all just taken a step of faith that says, God, I believe that you're going to do something. I believe the word of the preacher. I believe what your word says. All right? So I, I want to, you know, sometimes in prayer the Lord speaks to me. And I, I want to just mention a few things that I felt and, and saw last night and this morning while I was praying for this service. And I wanted to ask specifically if there is someone who is having trouble with their eyes. I believe you may be seeing like a flashing in your eye. Uh, it, it, and that's you, brother. Would you